0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 467 on Tuesday, the 19th of April,
1: 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be wondering how big a trophy cabinet I and I needs to get. We try to work out what identical means, and do we see if style can be brought to scooters?
0: Can I answer the first question
1: very quickly Mm -hmm. before we move on? Yeah.
0: Well, it depends. From a distance and out of context, it looks like a normal-sized trophy cabinet, but whenever you see it in context beside other trophy (laughs) cabinets, it's really quite big.
1: Very good. Very good. So if you you, hadn't hadn't spotted the colossal hint, the Hyundai Ionic 5 has won the World Car of the Year award. But not just that, it also won the World EV of the Year and also the World Car Design of the Year. So... My word. Well done, Hyundai, on what is a really good electric vehicle. Mm. Or just car. It's a really good car. It is a good car. Yeah,
0: There are a couple of other notable winners in there. The 2022 World Luxury Car is the Mercedes-Benz EQS. 2022 World Performance Car is the Audi e-tron GT. And the 2022 World Urban Car is the Toyota Yaris Cross, which actually has cylinders. Something had to eventually. Like any of the others. <laughs> <laughs> well done all.
1: Because it needs to be acknowledged as well. Well done the Hyundai group because the Kia EV6 was the top in the top three for World Car of the Year, along with the Ford Mustang Mach-E.
0: When you go further down the list, it gets even more detail because Luke Donkervolk, uh, the Executive Vice President for Design and Chief Creative Officer at Hyundai Motor Group, was the 2022 World Car Person of the Year. Whew. Goodness me. They'll be chartering their own plane. They've got so much silverware.
1: (laughs) I think we can finally put to bed anyone questioning exactly is Hyundai a a player and all the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, somebody mentioned this. I don't know whether it's Twitter or whether it's a conversation with you, but saying about how EV was was very much a leveller and a resetting of... That sounds far too deep to be me. It wasn't me. It must have been on Twitter then that somebody mentioned this. And I thought that was a really good point that with the push for EVs, it does remove a lot of what we had come to expect. So like we always said, Oh, well the Germans are always the premium ones for management, the French hot hatches, et cetera. That's all out the window now. And it's a fresh start, mm. which is exciting.
0: Yes, I think so. I think it is. Meanwhile, in other news and things, what were discussed last week, generally, after we've recorded the show, the new Dacia Jogger, a vehicle lots of people very keen on the idea of. It is a up to seven seat sort of extended estate car, which sells in the UK from about £15,000. Yes. If my memory serves me correctly but it's made the headlines last week because it scored one star out of five in the latest round of NCAP tests. The reason it scored it, now it wasn't all great on the passive safety stuff, so there were some areas where passenger body parts maybe got a little bit more damage than would have been preferable. So 70% for adult occupancy safety, 69% for child occupant safety, and 41% for vulnerable road user, that's pedestrian. And cyclist. And cyclist protection. And 39% for its safety assist functions.
1: Now, it needs to be remembered that NCAP only gives the score based on the lowest score that's given. Yeah. So out of all those, the one star is based on the safety assist stuff. Yes.
0: Nothing to, it wouldn't matter if it was 90% on, or 99% on adult occupant safety, or 99% on child occupant safety, or any of the above. But it would all have been about the safety
1: assist functions. Yep.
0: Now, the scoring for safety assist functions is, is it there or not, essentially?
1: Uh, Not quite, but that is a heavy part of it. Mm -hmm. They do grade the automatic emergency braking. Right. But a big part of it is, does it have it at all? Yes,
0: exactly. So if you've got something which is at the lower end of the market and may not include those systems in some European markets, for example then it's going to be counted as not
1: there. Well, there were, there were a few things on that, actually, because I, I did yeah. some digging into this. There was a few things on that. It does have automatic emergency braking or AEB for other vehicles. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have it for vulnerable road users, which is cyclists and pedestrians on the road, but mm-hmm. also for pedestrians as well. There is a separate score for pedestrians. Right. So it doesn't have those two. Also, there was, a, there was no lane assist system, so the lane keeping assist stuff. Mm-hmm. That was not uh, in fitted to the car either. And, mm-hmm. and it looks like that will never be an option either in Daisha's response, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Added as well is there was no advanced e-call system, so it got marked down for that. All cars have to have an e-call system, which is you can press the big red SOS button if you're involved in an accident, and then the authorities will be informed that your vehicle has been involved, and then send emergency services to you. Mm-hmm. The advanced e-call system actually is supposed to predict the type and number of injuries anyone involved in the accident has so that the emergency services apparently arrive forewarned. Okay. Yeah, I'm not over keen by the idea of that.
0: I, I, I don't want to test that one out personally. No
1: added on top of that there is a multi collision brake system. Mhm. Now that means that they automatic the, the vehicle automatically applies the brakes if it's involved in an accident. So it can't then bump into someone and then roll across carriageways and things like that. Mm-hmm. So again the jogger has none of that. Going to talking to the vulnerable road users though, it also does not have an active bonnet where it's if somebody is hitting the car that it pops up slightly to break their fall before they slam into things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have those sort of things. But fundamentally,
0: it is a relatively safe car. It's been marked down
1: because of new tech. Dacia says it's their safest ever. Yeah.
0: Which kind of brings us on to talking about the end cap scores generally, really, doesn't it?
1: Just before we go into it, because there's going to be links in the show notes to the actual Euro NCAP page that shows the breakdown and the information. Mm-hmm. There's also a link to a detailed report in there which goes further into what they're talking about, which brings up some questions when you read through it and you wonder why they've done what they've done or said they've scored it as they have. Dacia would have known this mm-hmm. because they would have done these crash tests themselves. Yes. Which I think is why Dacia has not come out and gone this is outrageous because they based the scores on the
0: Sandero,
1: Sandero Stepway, which Euro NCAP has said is basically identical in a tweet mm. response to people going, the Sandero is not the jogger. <laughs> it is, and remember at the time when this came out, Dacia made a big point about, well, we've got from, I think it's, up to the B-pillar, was it? Or from the B-pillar? B- there was some part of the car mm-hmm. that is actually a Dacia Sandero. And the platform is the same platform, even though it's extended. It's up to about the, the, the B-pillar. Yeah, it's up to the B-pillar, Yep. Yeah. that was a big thing about how they could help keep the cost down and all this sort of stuff. They haven't disputed the Sandero being used for the basis of the scoring. They haven't disputed the scoring. They have come out to explain why they do not fit these additional expensive systems to their vehicles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I think we can get into the whole, right, as this is not essentially an unsafe, it's not a Rover 100. No, no, it is not going to just crumple like a fag packet. Yeah. Does that mean we are now at a point where we need to have a discussion about NCAP scoring? Hmm. Do we need to have some clarification for consumers, particularly, and we mentioned this last time when we talked about the Renault Zoe score. Yeah, we did. I strongly feel there needs to be a date related to the star score.
0: Yeah, because it used to be back in the days when NCAP was young and innocent, then it was purely about the passive safety.
1: And they've done a great job with that, by the way. When I I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, want to make it clear because this could be looking like a hatchet job on NCAP. A lot of what NCAP have done that they do and the concept behind it is very, very good. It is. The challenge
0: is what they could probably make clearer is that the scores have changed over time. Yep. And that the focus, to an extent, has changed over time. I mean, obviously, it's still on safety. But the, the addition of the looking at Things, uh, some of the passive safety features, and some of the things that aren't even passive safety features—they are—is there an indicator for people belting up in the back seats, mm-hmm. type thing, showing on the dashboard? Which I don't know—is it does it—is it just a—is that a preventative feature? I don't know, but th- that kind of thing is now included. Kind, is it? Is it clear to people who don't understand no. that these things are included, What that, that they are included and that they have a knock-on effect? And that star ratings for something that was a four-star, five-star vehicle when it was introduced, two or three years later, it can be a two-star or one-star, despite being the same vehicle. It's
1: no less safe. But the scoring has changed. Yes, that's my problem for it. Added on top of that is the push for so many of these electronics safety Mm -hmm. things, because anyone who's listened to car reviews we've done on here, there are big problems with them. There are big problems with them. They will pass the test that NCAP asks for, but they are not fit to be used a lot of times in a lot of circumstances across all manufacturers. I'm not picking on anyone across all manufacturers that there are foibles, there are inconsistencies, and it is effectively unsafe. To take an example where I
0: got angry with it. Which doesn't really happen. So it's not just me. <laughs> so it's not just it's not just, well, normally it is. But um the Honda HRV, which I I have never sworn at a press car as much as I did in that and I only had it for two days. Because its driver assist systems just pulled you towards other vehicles. Hmm. But yet it scored seventy-eight percent for the safety for its safety assist.
1: If you are testing it to be used in certain circumstances, the systems should be only enabled in those circumstances so like on a motorway dual carriageway where it's clear lines it should it they should be automatically disengaged if it's a country road or something
0: i've been driving a car th- this week i have dr- driven many miles in it it has quite a lot of assist systems that will only turn on in what looked like geofenced locations okay that you can be driving along and it will say no you're not having that anymore Because it's turned from three-lane road to a two-lane road. But still dual carriageway, but it's declared that that's the end of one type of road. So no, you're not getting those those features anymore. Mm -hmm. You're getting this slimmed down set.
1: Because otherwise, if people do not understand the car and the limitations and the capabilities that they get, and I know... We're different because we're all into cars, so we all check this out and all the rest of it. But the vast majority of people aren't, and they just go, I just I just want the car, please. I want it to go in. I want to drive it.
0: It's people coming to go, I'd like a safe car to protect my family, please. They're not car people no, at all. They just go in and say, well, this one's a four-star here. And they go, but my last car was a four-star, so that must be good.
1: Yeah. Because on the back of the NCAP stuff, we are having mandated must-be-on assists again there's no real change in the technology so there's no real improvement and it's not right hmm. that they, they are being permitted by regulators who don't understand who do not use the cars as often as we do as motoring journalists do and understand that there are massive limitations to them but equally uh, and don't and don't understand how it affects someone driving because the problem is a driver assist we are responsible as the driver even though we don't have a control over it hmm. If the lane keeping yep. assist thing is, and we've uh, I, I've read enough from journalists who say it was a really strong pull on the wheel, mm-hmm. and you go, at what point does someone say, well, yeah, you should be able to wrestle that back? Well, I couldn't. Yeah, sometimes it
0: does. It gives you a fair old yank if you're not, if you're sort of paying attention, but you're not completely expecting it, then it will. But you know, some of them are a fair old jerk.
1: And how do you stop the automatic emergency braking? <laughs> press yeah, the brake I mean, further you, what how do you get around that but
0: then on the other hand that can be really good yeah uh, it is it's, it's, it's safe the front of an it,
1: alpha stale vo on me in the bits where it fulfills the criteria that it passes the test they are very good it's hmm. outside of those in normal driving conditions and this is where i think there has to be a not only a conversation about the NCAP scores and how they're done and how that is communicated to consumers But I think that it involves a bigger discussion on uh, as well because it is so heavily weighed now with driver assistance tech on how the driver tech, assistance tech, is being thought of as capable when it's not. Might not be as mature as it could be. Yeah.
0: Okay, have we exhausted that? There's a ton of links
1: in the show notes to do with what happened, people's comments, and discussions all around it. So please click through on all of them. They're very good articles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic for insomnia as well <laughs> no they're not they're not they're very good they're very interesting i'm just being silly right i'm going to move from one bugbear to another i know <laughs> it's just the way they've fallen this week and this is the news we were told recently weren't we that stellantis have decided that connected cars and cars software and purchasing in vehicles is key to their profitability moving forward in fact they anticipate on making 30 billion a year from this sort of technology and they've now announced a software partner for all this
0: yes well a hardware partner
1: really as well hardware and software Yeah, so it is qualcomm so it's to do with the connected car technology as well as 5g stuff Because Qualcomm are discussing or in partnership with chip manufacturers directly instead of waiting for other people to make a chip and then going, oh, how can we Mm -hmm. make software and hardware to deal with this? So they are actually tying in, which we are going to see much more of as things move forward because, funnily enough, car manufacturers have realized how important chip manufacturing is these days. I
0: can't imagine how or why. But anyway, this isn't going to start until 2024 anyway. Uh, Maserati will be the test bed sorry first out the gate at the bleeding edge of technology um but they're not talking about how much the deal is actually worth but it's probably worth a penny or two Yep, i'm curious about this and how much income this will bring in after the first buyer i think i was i was joking the other week and i'm probably the only yaris grmn grmn owner in the world who forked out for the extra three years worth of maps and digital services?
1: I really think there will be more of a pushback on manufacturers because you know we've discussed this before with BMW, yeah, Audi, and the likes that are going down the subscription for things you thought you had in the car mm-hmm. model mm-hmm. and yes. or that's already fitted that we have yet to activate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. I just like the idea of them having to port maps and software just for me.
1: (laughs) Not anymore. Not now. Right, do you want to park us up and explain a few things to us?
0: Yes, just after the short drum cymbal noise. Uh, Yes. Just a quick reminder about those new rules of uh, that we talked about not so long ago uh, about uh, about making car parks fairer launch of february the operators are expected to adhere to the new code of conduct by the end of 2023 that means for example absolute pedantry about the time that you entered and exited car parks being an exact amount of time uh, where it's quite easy that you can drive around for a while before you actually get parked and or you can get caught in queues on the way out, especially in busy places at peak usage times, so Mm -hmm. um, especially uh, tourist hotspots like those people who go to Devon and Cornwall on holiday or the Lake District and
1: uh, where it can be very, very busy trying to get in and out of car parks. It's also the maximum fine they're bringing yes. down from a hundred to 70, 70 pounds. So it was 60, uh, if you had paid within 14 days, now the maximum of that will be 50. And, mm-hmm. um, but also interestingly is the independent, and this is the thing which I think is really key. There's supposed to be an independent arbitrator yeah. of the, any complaints which has to be actually independent now, because before they yeah. were not.
0: No, one of them was came under the same, essentially run by one of the parking groups, but was totally
1: independent. Honestly, really, really independent. Has there has there been just just out of interest, a slight aside? Has there ever been an industry self-monitored system that didn't end up having to get someone completely independent because it failed? Because I can't think. Of, I
0: can think of one.
1: I can't think of any industry where they said, "Oh no, it's okay. We can police ourselves. We'll be honestly very, very good about it." Hmm. And then several years later, you're not though. So we have to set up something independent. We have, we yeah. we tried to give you the chance, but you've blown it. Yeah, I mean, here, here, for
0: example, there are two different groups. One called the Independent Appeals Service. The other one called the Parking on Private Land Appeals and they both have different rules and different times in which you can apply and have different times in which they're going to respond to you and which one you have to use depends on which group uh, the parking company is is a member of etc 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 and that's why they're trying to harmonize it all into one so everybody knows what their rates are at all times Mm -hmm. Uh, and lots of this fining is a result of people of them not being allowed to clamp anymore so instead of in, instead of charging a few people lots of money instead what they're trying to do is charge everybody a bit more money uh, and, and did you see the other one by the way that somebody posted uh, on Twitter about one of the the car parks which is pointing out where it's got different rates depending on the emissions of uh, the emissions category of your vehicle
1: yes I, I pulled that to one side waiting for the next time we talk about the tax on people who can't afford a brand new EV
0: not just they can't afford a brand new EV but the tax on people for being old. And just the complete inaccessibility of it. Everybody's trying to make things more accessible to to more of the more of the population. And here's this, which you know, even I would curse at it gently. What, what does what does my seventy odd year old mother do?
1: No, it's. I mean, today I was using a car park that wasn't uh, based on emissions, but it uh, alleged that you could use contactless, that you could mm-hmm. use your card, because I had no cash fun enough
0: nobody does anymore
1: no The uh, last place i was in last week they only took cash so that was fun um, hmm. but this it, in i couldn't get it to work didn't have the cash there was no shops nearby but fortunately i had the one of the parking apps uh, and i could do it that way but <laughs> only i thought one of the parking apps Well, the one that it was relevant for uh, i have several <laughs> so no, unfortunately but I, th- I thought about it, and, and I thought exactly what you're saying there. What if you're an older person or something that this doesn't What are you supposed to do? You you pack up and you move on to the next place. Enough,
0: enough trouble getting my mom to use contactless. She refuses to put any number into anything in case it magically takes all her money. So trying to get her to, to give a credit or debit card number, preferably credit card, obviously, just because of the protections, to one of these services. Yeah. It's just a non-starter. It's a non-starter. No. It's it's so e- exclusive, and just from the inclusivity exclusivity point of view, there must be some kind of rule against it. Nothing to do with cars, but just just because it's so ruddy hard. I'm I'm just sick of the world being hard at the minute. By the way,
1: yes, yeah, it's being made unnecessarily others. hard by a few people who think, oh well, it it works like this for me, so it works for everyone, doesn't it? Mm yeah anyway i think that's the end of the first part
0: yes what works really well is guilt minute the quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running if you feel that motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month then you can become a patron the different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you including being able to watch the show recorded live we also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts If you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thank you very much, then the last thing you can do is recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Thank you. Uh, One quick thing that came out of our management meeting yesterday, or lunch as it's also known. uh, The... (laughs) we were thinking about setting up a Twitter community for listeners. One of these new fangled widgety things that Twitter keeps coming up with, which I'm always a bit skeptical of. If you think that's a good idea, let us know.
1: Yes, we'll investigate it further if you do. Yeah. It just seems that that's where we all are. So rather than ask you to go somewhere else. but Yes. But we don't want to make something that none of you are interested in. Yeah.
0: Because we're very lazy. Don't forget
1: that. Busy. I'm busy.
0: Oh, that's the one. Busy. Yes.
1: I remember Can that I too. Put your consultant hat back on. Oh, <laughs> it. It's been on for a long time. It's lot got to today. use the right words. Yes. Right. WRC. It's back this week. woo Woo. Croatia. And Dirtfish have uh, put out a, uh, well, they've, they've got together with a few people and got some predictions. So they've got David Evans, Colin Clark, Luke Barry, and Alistair Lindsay have all given their Predictions for what they think is going to, or who they think will turn up in first, second, and third. So there is a link in the show notes for that. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. But there was also big news this morning Loeb is back for Portugal. That's next month. And it is a gravel rally. So that should be awesome Mm -hmm. to have him back. With the long break that we've had, I really do hope that the hybrid gremlins have been chased from systems yes and don't forget we've got the we've removed the five minute penalty it's much lower Yes, it's a two minute now if the system declares there's a problem
0: okay uh there's not really any new new car news this week because all of the pr's are on holiday still still the only thing that we've got for you possibly is that you can get three pedals in your toyota supra there you go if that excites you Go for it. Personally, I like the auto box in the two-liter car I tried. Anyway, that that, <laughs> that was your new, new car news, folks. Lunchtime read though, it's a cracker. Actually, uh, it's from Haggerty. Uh, I know that's not really a surprise, but it's from Haggerty, and it is called Vision Thing. Getting a concept made or not? It's by Adrian Clark. Uh, it should take you, according to the website, about six minutes to read. And it's all about the trials, tribulations, decisions that have to be made about taking a concept car, which might look like it's ready for production, into production, and some of the reasons why they don't quite make it.
1: And it's also got the, Nis, um, the Nissan IDX. It does. Which, still, still, what, nearly 10 years later, <laughs> I'm gutted, never came out.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. God, let me go.
1: Yeah. I know.
0: Yeah. It's 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 cool. But then it has things like the Plymouth Prowler and the uh, BMW i3 and i8 and explains why they did make it to production.
1: Really good article. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. like that one a lot. Cracking crackin stuff. Right, list of the week. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, something French has fallen to me. Major Gav is back with a list on motoring research. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is 25 fantastic French classic cars. So, Alan... As there's 25, how long did it take you, A, to get one, just one, and B, what is that one?
0: Didn't take, well, no, I went right the way through and thought, I love all of those. But there's one in particular, which I actually think is the most beautiful car ever built, uh, particularly in its type A through C, A through A and B uh, versions, and that is the Bugatti Type 35. Ah, very which good. I just think is beautiful, beautiful thing. I once designed and an a self driving an autonomous taxi, long, long time ago when I was at university, which copied the wheels exactly, because I think they're just
1: a beautiful, beautiful car. In fact, I copied quite a lot of it, really. <laughs> well, I've really struggled, really struggled, actually. Uh, With this, I am going to select the Fecal Vega HK five hundred. Fecal, oh,
0: Fasel Vega. Thank you. His pronunciation's (laughs) (laughs)
1: literally, (laughs) but I think that is. An incredibly glamorous, lovely-looking vehicle.
0: I am so surprised you chose that, given some of the other wonders in there. I know. we did. Uh, I could have picked
1: pretty much any of them. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been a problem.
0: And because it's a Gav list, it doesn't just include the most obvious ever, as you can tell by the fact that there's the Vegas included in there.
1: Yep. Good list. Mm -hmm. Major Gav. Let's have more, please. Don't care that you're busy. (laughs) Life. <laughs> right, do you want to take us to the end? finally.
0: And finally this week is Pininfarina. So Italian stuff now. Pininfarina has uh has worked with Has unveiled the KPF Argento, uh which has been designed in uh, in association with a company called Platum platum Yeah.
1: So what is this? Is this like a two-door super coupe or a gran tora or
0: this is a last last mile e-mobility platform. Okay. It is it is an electric scooter. As Giles Chapman, motoring journalist Giles Chapman uh, and write, well, more writer now than journalist I guess. Uh, Giles Chapman commented, it's not bad for a stick on a plank. I mean really, what can you do to an e-scooter? It's it's but yeah. You can get a Pinion farina designed e-scooter. uh uh, if if you if you desire we priced in italy from 599 euros or 500 pounds it says it's not yet known if it'll be offered in the uk but if it is available in the uk in the very near future then you'll only be able to use it on private land of course because unless it's part of a rental fleet it won't be legal otherwise no your occasional reminder of that because we haven't spoken about e-scooters for quite a while I th- actually think, that as far as e-scooters go, it looks pretty good. It's kind of red and grey and black and looks like it's been designed by an
1: Italian design house. As you say, though, there's only so much that one can do with the form factor. <laughs> yeah, there is. There really is.
0: <laughs> Parish Notes this week. Next week, we'll be recording on Monday night. So we're just making stuff extra hard for us by by chopping out an entire day's worth of potential news. Yep. But there won't be an awful lot of news on the Tuesday here in the UK anyway, because of the event I'll be at. I think that's fair to say. Yes. Don't forget, I got a 150 video on the YouTubes. If you go to youtube.com slash podcast, then you can, you can go look at that like many, many people have. Thank you very much. There will be a full... Uh, review coming out relatively soon when the world has stabilized after holidays and easter and traveling and stuff yes and i think that covers everything i need to cover just there doesn't it it does excellent in which case folks don't forget that between now and next week you can give us any feedback share your thoughts of the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, in the meantime, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that?
0: Uh, you can do it via Twitter, where I'm at A-J-P Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back very soon, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues and safe motoring.